0: to help resolve their ED. Today, we are joined by Dr. Elliot Justin. Dr. Justin is the founder and CEO of FirmTech, a wearable device company in the men's sexual health and erection space. He is a medical doctor who has been involved in medical startups in the technology space for several decades. He has been a force in questioning and challenging the status quo and striving for better understanding of and interventions for various medical conditions. We're very, very excited to have Dr. Justin on this episode so you can talk to us about erectile dysfunction and how wearables can help us better understand and treat this condition. So, Dr. Justin, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Marcus. great to be here. Okay, so to get us started, can you just share with our listeners a little bit about what is wearable technology?
1: Wearable technology are, de- are medical devices, diagnostic aids, or, or actual diagnostics, that are are worn they can be worn on the body they can be worn in clothing uh and they give people information about their their health status Uh, and they can range you know they're being used right now to treat migraines to treat seizures to treat diabetes Uh, but the most common ones uh, are the the wearables that people have smart watches smart rings that people have
0: Okay, the feedback that they get on a device like a smartwatch or things like uh, people monitor their sleep, heart rate, um, you know, various other types of things. is that These are examples of wearable technology.
1: That's correct. But in the area that you and I want to discuss today, uh, what do men care more about? How many steps they took yesterday, where they gained two pounds on their, uh, their uh, digital scale, or their favorite organ, the vital signs of their favorite organ?
0: Yeah, so, so coming right to that, so there are many areas of um, wearables that are being developed to assess people's sleep, general health, all kinds of diseases. How did you come to focus on wearables in the sexual health space? Well,
1: in, uh, in, in back in 2015, well, let me just preface that by saying I live in Montana, and I own horses. And sometimes when I'm riding fast, I have the delusion that I'm a centaur that i'm one with my horse so back in 2015 uh riding rather recklessly down a forested trail that i'd never ridden down before there was someone a well-intentioned person had to cut a tree such so that you could walk underneath it but you couldn't ride a horse underneath it especially if you're going about 35 plus miles per hour so i broke six ribs and six vertebrae uh and there's something that uh there's a, there's a a diagnostic sign. Mark, I never heard of it. I, I call it the cock up sign. I called it that in 1982 and it hasn't really caught on very much, but I'm passing it out to, on to your viewers because every man, practically every woman, should know about it. So I was lying on the ground, and what the first thing I did was cock back my big toe. If you cock your big toe back, you'll be able to urinate, defecate, and fornicate. Then I got to the ABCs afterwards. Uh, and that was all okay. So I was in a lot of pain. And I, uh, as I was recovering, I became interested in what's gone on to help men who have significant erectile dysfunction, whether from trauma, multiple sclerosis, or other diseases. What's gone on since I was in medical school other than uh, the Viagra-type medications, so-called T 5 medications? Uh, turned out not much, but there were um, five urologists around the world who claimed in peer-reviewed papers that they were able to produce... Erections in men with multiple sclerosis, trauma, and other major problems by what we call in medicine neuromodulating the cavernous nerve. The cavernous nerve is everyone's favorite nerve that no one's heard about, which is the nerve that is responsible for producing orgasms in men and women. And neuromodulation is like cardiac pacemaking. It's been around since the 1960s. So my thought was, can we pace the cavernous nerve to rehabilitate sexual sexual Performance, but also to maintain structural performance as we as we age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I experimented on two rams, male sheep. Uh, we called it ram charging, and we got erection and ejaculation in the sheep, but we also got defecation, and urination. So it wasn't exactly bedroom friendly. Okay. So I then, uh, working with two of my friends uh, who are research urologists in California, I had them implant an electrode by my cavernous nerve. And the end result was nothing, but because of that work that I, that I put out on my LinkedIn, uh, I got contacted by a research urologist at the University of Utah, who was interested in, in coming up with a device to count the number of nocturnal erections that men have. Many people aren't aware of it, but we have more than, men have more than just their morning wood, so to speak. Uh, they have other erections during the night, and so a man my age, I'm 69, should have three plus. Mark is kind of younger. Maybe you have four. But a young man, you know, a young man in his 20s or 30s will have five five to six. Mm-hmm. If you could follow the a trend of those nocturnal erections, we could see that a downward trend is a sign of significant vascular disease. The two organs in the body that are most sensitive to vascular disease, speaking about diabetes, hypertension, atherosclerosis, uh, which, which are the big ones. Uh, if, the, if, that, if that, that, the two organs, of the body, the most sensitive to those changes are, are the, the retina and the penis before you'll see uh, diabetic changes on a blood test or before your blood pressure goes up significantly, you'll either get erectile dysfunction and you'll see changes in the retina. And it's really hard to check out your retina at home. So mm-hmm. I want to, so I want to come up with a way of giving people the equivalent of an electrocardiogram stress test for their penis at home in privacy without appointments. Just the way people that have uh, have wearables that, could, that that are giving them data.
0: Okay, it's really really fascinating. But it sounds like you already were um, working on things in the sexual health space that kind of led you to this wearable device for erections. Now, can you share with our listeners a little bit more about some of the applications uh, for this device in particular? Certainly. That. Um, yeah. I can talk about
1: the parameters first. So I think that might be more informative. So we're measuring, what are we measure what are we actually measuring? Worn overnight, uh, our tech ring can count the number of nocturnal erections that are indicative of vascular health. Uh, worn during sex, uh, um, are we measure the duration of the erection, the firmness of the erection, and the and the number of ejaculatory contractions? Mm-hmm. So the two two of the most common conditions. Uh, uh, afflicting men with sexual performance problems are psychogenic ED, which is that men can act. Men have erections while they're sleeping, but they can't perform with someone. Right now, there's no way to diagnosis, diagnose this. So, this our device is valuable, sort of at both ends of that, if you will. Because if a man is having nocturnal erections but not performing and being with a partner, there's probably something wrong in the relationship. Or, I mean, it could be other factors, alcohol, drug, etc. But there's probably something wrong wrong, wrong in the relationship at the other end of it if a man is having one or less nocturnal erections it's kind of a relief for their partner to know that they're not they're not the problem the man has a vascular disease or some other condition that, that you know that's affecting him uh we can also assess premature ejaculation so premature ejaculation is the definitions vary but it's usually having an a climax within 3 minutes of penetration well, we don't really know if we know what's normal. So what's normal for, you know, a man my age is gonna be very different from a man who's a young man who's 20. There are a lot of young men out there, uh, and people blame this on porn, who have uh and and their partners well too, regard them as you know as sub-performing if they if they orgasm quickly. But that's actually probably quite normal at that age, and we can start to you know to you know to document that.
0: But we can also yeah, so there's, there's there's two functions though that go on with this device, which is You know, the first one is on the individual level, it can really help to kind of determine around erections. Um, If a man is getting erections at night, but not during the day, that would indicate not necessarily for sure, but would indicate something more in the psychological relational uh, realm. Whereas if erections are not happening at the rate to be expected for the man's age and health, that may indicate health issues. But it sounds like with PE, you're talking a little bit more about like um, large scale, like data collection uh, by being able to assess for men in a certain age range. If there's enough people utilizing a device like this, we could actually get a lot more data about what is normal and what are the normal ranges to be expected at various ages.
1: That's correct. Now for a young man, say 20, I'm 25 years old to uh, you know not be able to get up with someone and to and say, gee, uh, and to panic or be concerned appropriately, Uh, and I I will say that as an emergency physician, there are a few emergencies other than heart attack or stroke that alarm men as much as as erectile dysfunction, Uh, but for young men to go online and say, gee, I'm going to get some pills and, you know, and and, and I'll see what happened, but for a man your age or my age, Mark, to do that, they're making a mistake because the urologist and the cardiologist describe the the penis as the canary in the coal mine of vascular disease.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So what else could we assess? So I mean, I, I also want to reiterate: for, for a man my age, to go online and get pills if they're not performing, that's a mistake. They, they need an evaluation. So our device can tell people when they need to go, they need to seek seek medical health help. So what what are the you know I call them the, we call them the cock killers. Um, well, there are medications that are taken commonly: SSRI antidepressants, uh, blood pressure medications. Anti-anxiety medications, sleep medications, all of which have a significant impact on uh, the the quality of of erections. And men utilizing our device have been able to change their medications uh, in order to perform better. I mean, Mark, people like you and I are part of the problem. I'm 69 years old. I've never had a doctor ask me about my sexual health. They've never discussed the impact of a medication, the uh, impact of a disease disease. And I and, and for speaking to my you know my men my age, people young and me, doctors don't ask. And that's that's you know, we're we're part of the problem. We're not alerting people to here's this really important area of life, and we're not alerting people or evaluating with them.
0: Yep. Uh, that's that's you know, a big part you know, of what it, we're trying to do on the podcast is is make this topic um discussable, make people you know, more comfortable. Uh, to be able to bring this up both from the provider to the patient, but also the patient to the provider. Uh, so I, I definitely get the importance of that. Now, when we're talking about um, the device. I did want to see if you could give our listeners a little bit of a brief history or overview of what used to be called or referred to as the stamp test and maybe help them understand <laughs> how this device in many ways replaces a pseudo to not exact science at best. Right. Well, the there, there in the past there were only
1: two ways of uh, objectively looking at erections. So before the stamp, the first was a stamp test. Basically, you put a, men would be told to put a ring of stamps around their penis, lightly moisten them, uh, so they so that they would be the stamps would not be dead here to their penis. And if they woke up in the morning and the stamps were broken open, uh, then they had a nocturnal erection. Well, we know that having one nocturnal erection is Ain't no big deal, frankly. That's a man who only has one nocturnal erection could still have significant diabetes, hypertension, or problems with alcohol and, uh, and, other, and other causes of, of erectile dysfunction. Then there was also a device that was popular until the, ni- in the, through the 1980s called the Scan. The Scan looks like something Dr. Frankenstein would, you know, would put on your penis. It has these two big rings. It has, a, it, it, it's attached, it, it's not, you know, Bluetooth-enabled, the way everything is today. It's, it, it's connected by wires to a box. The box itself, the diagnostic box, costs several thousand dollars. Uh, most men would have to go to a sleep lab in order to do this, so they, they, they could potentially, you know, do it at home. But the, the rigid scan could not be worn during sex to evaluate performance during, performance during sex. And it would, it's so bulky and awkward, it could also interfere with sleep. Uh, as opposed to the type of more natural sleep that, that people have in their in their own bed, you know, at, at home. Mm-hmm. So until this came along, there really, there really, are, you know, was no way of objectively evaluating uh, one's I call it erectile health because before there's dysfunction, there's erectile fitness, and we all want to mean We and our partners all want us to maintain fitness for you know a lifetime of of lovemaking uh, with data. It's possible to uh, say, hey, I'm healthy. How do, here's, here's what I here's my score when I'm healthy. I need to maintain this just the way one would with a blood pressure or, or electrocardiogram or a blood test. On the other hand, if one has a problem, one can then say, Well, I don't want things to deteriorate from this point. What can I do to hold to you know hold, hold myself hold myself at the, at this at uh, this level?
0: So as a as a sex therapist, I mean I just want to like emphasize to our listeners the importance of a device like this. Uh, because we don't really have an ability to really diagnose psychogenic erectile dysfunction. Now I know that again, it isn't a one hundred percent for sure guarantee, but it's a pretty good indicator if a man is getting nocturnal erections and not getting daytime erections. And it really is, like you know, from my perspective, a bit of a of a breakthrough and a really helpful kind of tool to have that kind of data because. Erectile dysfunction is so complex and it's hard to tease out what some of the causes are or what might be driving it. And when you can see the data and you can see that you're getting erections at night, but it's not happening during the day, that really can help to kind of steer or guide some of these men toward you know appropriate treatment. Um, so I think this is a really, really powerful device. Now, can you let our listeners in on a little bit of like, what are some of the specific measures or outcomes that a person who's using this device should be expecting to see?
1: Well, we now have um, over 1500 data sets. And ideally, of course, to your point earlier, we'd like to have small tens of thousands because then we can really provide people with with, with comparative data. But I'll address this first by talking about myself. I am 69, I have, I have high blood pressure that's controlled with a, with a medication called the Uh My my blood pressure will fluctuate between a, a normal range and then it might go up to 140, 150. What does that mean? I have no idea. I, I'm you know When it comes to blood pressure, we're concerned about the impact on the brain, the heart and the kidneys and the blood pressure does not telling me anything about those things specifically. With this device, I average, Uh, three plus to four plus nocturnal erections per night. When I see that, it's like going to my internist and and having an internist tell me, hey, your EKG and your stress test are normal. It's it's because uh, the the number of nocturnal erections is a more sensitive indicator of of vascular disease uh, than than just, you know, than your blood pressure. Uh, We've had uh, young men who are bodybuilders who are having only one nocturnal erection per night? They wonder why they can't get it up. Well, they're taking cocktail medications, testosterone, and other uh, uh, steroids uh, and hormones that are having an impact. And we've had several young men change their regimen and recover or their re- recover a significant number of nocturnal erections.
0: What do the users actually see, though? Words, where do they get that? Oh, data? Sure.
1: Just, yeah. uh it, The device is Bluetooth enabled. Uh, it's cyber secure. The, the data is. When, when, F, when people end a session a session of sex or an overnight session uh they upload the data the data goes to the cloud and people can then download the data they can share it with a the doctor they can share it with friends or they can just evaluate themselves and they'll see the following they'll see their firmness uh everyone has a personal best so uh you know I you know my personal best is, is normal you know, it, it, I, you know i don't have erectile dysfunction but there are, we have men who have diabetes or hypertension or other erectile dysfunction so their best erection will be recorded as their personal best if they fall below that or they go above it they'll receive a notification from us or they, they'll they'll see they'll, they'll see it themselves that they're either underperforming or overperforming we're also measuring the duration of the erection and that's impacted by diseases medications recreational drugs alcohol relationship issues, et cetera. We also, um, and they'll see that in a graph. Below the graph, they will see a count of the number of nocturnal erections that they're having and the duration of those nocturnal erections. Interestingly, although uh, we need more data to, con- to, to confirm this, uh, and many people are unaware of this, but every episode of RAM sleep, quality high-quality sleep, so to speak, is accompanied by an erection in a man who is in normal health obviously if someone taken taking a screen someone's castrated or if someone is, is uh they're not you know that's not going to apply but in general that, that that will apply so for myself it's been interesting and we document this now in this little small internal study of 12 people that the amount of the duration cumulative duration of our internal erections is about what we would expect to have for rem sleep so and at man my age should have about 75 to 80 minutes of REM sleep. And my nocturnal erections are running about 10 minutes less than that. So we think that this may well be another approximator or certainly a complementary pro- approximator to the data that people are getting off their Apple Watches or their aura rings or their, or, or their WHOOP rings. Okay,
0: in other words, you're uh, of the s- applications is also a, an additional assessor of sleep, sleep quality. Um, Correct. Um, okay. Uh, I again, I'll speak
1: about myself and several other of, of the old people who use the, use the device. Uh, I have deliberately taken am. I don't usually take sleep medication, but I've taken Ambien twice because I'm interested in what's the impact on my nocturnal erections, zero nocturnal erections. That is fast. I took a, tra, I took trazodone and, they, and we had another person in, in this you know, internal study who took young person to trazodone three nights in a row no nocturnal well, the nocturnal erections were below our threshold. We see them, but they're below our threshold for, de- for declaring them. The threshold was determined by our advisory group of, of, of urologists. The threshold that they determined was 40% of, of, a, of a full erection for that person. Uh, so I don't want to get too much in, into the weeds here. But my point is, you and know, I both know that, that there are millions of people taking sleep medications every night. Now, you, you sleep. But the quality of sleep is poor, and 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 our and and our devices, you know, is is documenting that that that, that poor quality. Alcohol, alcohol seems to, and i by alcohol, I don't mean a glass of wine. Inebriated, uh, yeah, correct. I mean three glasses of wine, or more, or more than two cocktails. The more you drink, the the duration, your firmness and duration of nocturnal erections goes down significantly. Well, that's not that important necessarily in someone who's young, but in someone who's old, we need men need to get blood into their penis at night. That's the purpose of nocturnal erections. I mean, that you—if it really is a use it or lose it phenomena.
0: Yeah, and there's there's so many you know potential applications that can be um, analyzed through this device, and I, I do think that men who are serious—not just about addressing erectile dysfunction, but are you know, serious about Erection health and do have some concerns, have a family history and whatnot, or just want to learn more about what seems to impact them or how their body works around this. It sounds like this device could be a tremendously helpful tool, not just as a yes. one-time diagnostic tool, but this could be like ongoing data collection information about how things are working down there.
1: That's correct. I mean, for a young person, uh well, I'll put it this way. I think that every, I think just what way – if you or I went to an intern cardiologist at our age mark and they didn't get a check your blood pressure and didn't get an electrocardiogram, we would think, what, what, you know, using a stethoscope, really? I mean, what, well, this is, this is 2021, you know, 2022. So I, I am confident that within the next three to five years, this will be a standard of care for men who are over 45, 50 years of age. The use of this use of technology of this sort might not be our device; might be someone else's device. But this, but technology that can tell men about the nocturnal erections, the duration of the erections, the firmness of the erections, this will become a standard of care in evaluating men, older men especially.
0: So, so to that end, because I I, I think that that wearable technology is certainly it's not even just the wave of the future; it's here. Like you pointed out, we've got watches. Uh, many people walk around with all kinds of, you know, Fitbit devices and whatnot, collecting data, learning more about themselves. So I do think that this certainly is, you know, the way that things are going to be and probably the way that we're going to manage a lot of our own healthcare care uh, moving forward. So one of the questions that I have to imagine our listeners are going to be interested in is like, is this device comfortable? Is this uncomfortable? How does this thing sit? Do guys notice it? Do they not notice it? Well, if if you notice it, it's usually the first time. I'm
1: not, I you know, I I don't wear underwear when I sleep. If you told me to put on a pair of underwear, I would, I, you know, I would notice it. This device, um, most cock rings are made out of uh, silicone, which is uncomfortable. Silicone makes you adapt to it. Uh, most cock rings can't be worn more than 20, 30 minutes. As a consequence, unless there be strangulation effect. This cock ring was designed to be worn overnight comfortably. It's made out of a soft elastomer. Uh, it's it's adjustable. Uh, it has a safety feature which is it closes with a with a latch uh, as opposed to being something that needs to be slid on and off with, which can be quite you know difficult. Mm-hmm. It was designed also to uh, not block the arterial flow into the penis so if you can put on when men are flaccid, but only to constrain the, well, the venous arrest. outflow from the penis and and that and, and that constraint is only about 50 percent. so it's safe you not. There's no risk of strangulation effect with this or preoepism. Or
0: and I guess lastly, do oh, sorry, you have Well, left. we so so we we have we've sold over
1: 500. Uh, we've had three complaints about discomfort. They all involve men saying it. Oh, it's pulling on my pubic hair. Well, uh, you know, as, as an emergency physician, my idea of discomfort is I'm going to stick a needle in your eyeball. Uh, I mean, pulling on the pubic hair ranks fairly low uh, among emergency physicians as a source of discomfort. And people, you know, we just tell people sweep the hair out of the way, you know, after you put it on, pull the hair out of the way. Uh, or if you want, you if know, necessary, shave. We, so though it, we have not had any significant pl- complaints of okay, you know, That Okay, that's, that's really soy.
0: important to hear. Now, do partners, because you mentioned that this could be used during sexual activity or just to assess nocturnal erections, do partners notice this device? Um, Has there been any feedback about this interfering with partner sexual activity in any way?
1: No, uh, partners like it. Men have uh, 95% of our users report, uh, in a study, again, 40 men, 95% reported uh, longer erections. In addition to which our device, you know, most, I don't know about the familiarity that you have marked with cock rings, but usually... After a man climaxes, I'll speak my own experience. You want you want it off right away because it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It pinches. Now men will put up with discomfort to have an erection. Mm-hmm. Uh, men will probably put up with being stabbed in the back while having intercourse if if they if, you know if, if they you know if they're actively having point having intercourse. Uh, so this this device is you know. Um, uh, and 75% of men report better orgasms. So the women partners enjoy it because the, the, the erection lasts longer. The men enjoy it, Most men enjoy it because their, their orgasms are better. Uh, women also report our devices covered with a soft elastomer. So we have had positive comments from women because it's unlike rubbing against hard silicone with a cock ring, but now something soft for them to, to rub the, the clitoris against.
0: Okay, so you're saying all in all, it seems to be that the feedback so far from the users is that it seems to be a net positive. Users report that this is comfortable, um, and it sounds like very quickly for many of these users, it becomes unnoticeable. It just becomes, you know, something that's there, and they can wear it for, like, the duration of an evening um, or overnight without really much interference.
1: We have men report to us that after the first two or three times, they'll wake up with it in the morning, and they don't even know, you know. They, forget, they, go the bathroom, they go to the bathroom to the they go,
0: yeah. oh, it's still on. I got to take it
1: off.
0: Yeah. So this is a, a really fascinating area, which I think is going to become um, you know crucial in the diagnostics of erectile dysfunction. I know that you mentioned that it could be you know, standard of care for 45 and 50-year-old men, but I definitely can see a utility for younger patients who are not really sure or who just need the reassurance that their body is doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and really kind of being able to take that next step toward the relational or psychological treatment um, to really kind of get to the bottom of the root of their ED.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking at our um, database of, of younger men, they're utilizing it for several purposes, the data for several purposes. One, we've had several men who want to take finasteride for hair loss. Hair, hair loss. But they've read online, and people, you know, get symptoms often when they read about something. They've read online that finasteride can cause, cause impotence, uh, and they've used our device to show, oh, no, here I still have the same nocturnal erections. I'm still just as hard. Have, if I'm masturbating having sex, I'm just as hard a firm as I was before. I don't have to worry about the you know, finasteride. We've had younger younger bodybuilders, as I said before, utilize, use this to um, adjust The amount of testosterone or other or steroids that you know know, that they're taking, we've also had young men who are taking um, uh, Viagra or to Dal, you know, sildenafil or to Dalafil, say, well, is it if these things making any difference? And they've discovered that no, they're you know they're not making any difference. They're they might be having a placebo benefit. But they're not they're not having impact. So why am I spending the money on these medications?
0: Yeah, and I, I just think it's so powerful to have that biofeedback because um there is so many hours and and just brain power that goes into thinking and overthinking. What's causing my ED? What is it? Elimination this mm-hmm. elimination that. And you know, having that feedback really could alleviate a lot of the worry, a lot of the distress, a lot of the overthinking uh, by having that really clear data. So I I am really excited about this device. I see a tremendous amount of utility. Um, you know, certainly for our listeners who are invested in trying to really resolve um, their erectile dysfunction, this really could be a tool that helps at least answer some of the complexity or some of the puzzle. Um, this has been really informative for myself. I really think our listeners are going to benefit from hearing, uh, this interview. Um, would it be okay if we leave a link to, you know, how to learn more about this device or, you know, how to go about, uh, contacting the company if people are interested in. Certainly, know,
1: uh, I appreciate that. i I'm, this, uh, you know, I, my, we talk about wearables, From my perspective, we call this the world's first underwearable. Uh, I'm certainly will be more underwearables. Uh, my wife calls it a dick bit. Um, because it's like a Fitbit. Yeah, only Filipinas. So yeah, I happy. Yeah, we'd love to be linked.
0: Okay, so we're going to definitely go ahead and add that. And again, once again, thank you very much for your time and for sharing your knowledge with us. And we'll look forward to hosting you for another episode in the future. Thanks for the
1: opportunity, Mark. This is a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.